Well, hello. Welcome to another episode of Fighting for the Remote. Oh, I'm Caroline. And I'm Howard. (laughs) Today, we're going to be talking about the fourth episode of Masters of the Air. Masters of the Air, which I've been thinking about it because every time I think about this show, I want to say Masters of the Sky. Yeah, you even put it wrong in one of the show descriptions. I know. And I I had to tell you to fix it. Okay. (laughs) I'm right. You're wrong. (laughs) Well, you know, the, the series is based after a book, so you can't just arbitrarily change it, but... I really feel like it should say Masters of the Sky because, you know, like the air is kind of a little ambiguous, but the sky is like, yeah. Mm, you have notes? I have thoughts. Yeah. Well, but it's not the name of the show, so you have to get with the program. I know. I do. I do. Um, before we dive into what we thought about this, can you please reveal the answer to the goblin oh. thing? I am dying to know, and I did not have the patience to look it up. So uh, the answer to the goblin question is wait why don't you say the goblin question first okay so the goblin question is you're traveling on a road and you come to a fork in the road and you're trying to find like um you know the it's heaven and hell okay and so (laughs) there's a goblin sitting on at the at the uh at the fork and there's two goblins do you, do you want me to tell it? Okay. Why don't you tell it? <laughs> Did you forget everything? I just know the answer. That's really the most important okay, part. I'm, the setup is not important. I'm like, Dad, I'm just, the setup just, is important. I'm just waiting for oh the... Gosh. And then it's like, it's like when you take a test... <laughs> And no. you've memorized the answers to the test, and then yeah. the teacher puts uh, like a different question. Oh, and you're boy. Like, and you're like, I didn't prepare for well, that. Yeah, see, the problem is because you didn't learn. You just memorized Okay, here is the question. Okay. You are at a fork in the road. One leads to Valhalla. One leads to, like, basically hell. There are two goblins on each road. One is going to tell the truth and one is going to lie, but you don't know which one. Which question do you answer to determine who is going to tell the truth and which way to go? Now you go with the answer. The question you ask is, which way would the other goblin tell me to go? Okay, and why does that work? Because if it's the goblin that always lies... And he's going to tell you the wrong road. Uh-huh. And if it's the goblin that's always tells the truth, he's also going to tell you the road that goes to hell. Why would the good one, why would the truthy one say because that? Because you're going to say, which one did the will the other one tell you to go to? Oh. So the good, the bad goblin's always going to tell you the way to go is... He's going to lie. He's going to lie. Gonna, he's say, he's going to tell you this way. Yeah, he's going to say the other go to guy, hell. So they'll essentially tell you the same place, and you know that's the way not to go. Right. Wow, closure. Yeah. I know. You probably lost a lot of sleep over it. Not really, because I've been really into Germione fanfics. <laughs> so I've, like, I've been just reading a lot. So I haven't lost any sleep over it. But when we started watching the show, I was like, dang, I wish I knew the answer. Okay. So maybe we'll do like a sub-conversation podcast on... How to cricket bind your own. Yeah, I actually did buy a cricket. Should we have like little life updates? We should. So I have gone down the rabbit hole of fan fiction. This is new for me. And uh, I'm really into the Draco Hermione trope, obviously because of Manacled. Yes. Which is one of the most popular right now and most talked about fan fictions. And the only way to get fan fiction bound is to do it yourself or to be gifted it. It's illegal to buy it. Uh. So clearly, because... I have the gene of how hard can it be. I've decided to learn how to bind books so that I can have my own bound copy of Manacled. 
So I bought a Cricut. I'm going to be buying all the materials. I'm doing lots of research right now. This will be an expensive hobby. So what I'm laughing about is um, in a previous lifetime, Caroline said, I want to build my own van. And dad, you can help me. I asked you. I asked you. I said, dad, will you help me? Okay. As she's hanging me out the window. (laughs) About ready to let me go. You loved every second of it. So anyway, so... um, it turned out to be quite an adventure. It took us like eight, nine, 10, 11. 11 months. 11 months. It, it took, took a long But we did. We, we built a camper van together, and it's my camper van. It is. And the, so I can just imagine that Cricket is going to be the same way. Suddenly, woodworking equipment will get moved out. No. And Cricket binding stuff will become like, oh. Well, I do need to make a craft table somewhere. But I did get the small one so it can actually fit in the van. Excellent. I got the Cricket Joy. Okay. And it's very compact. Excellent. So it doesn't take up a lot of space. It's good for the road. Okay. So, you know, we can bind our, uh, we can do printouts of our script here. Oh, yeah. We, I could. It'll be thrilling reading. I could make decorative, like, journals so that we can take notes during the shows that we're watching. And it can say, fighting for the remote with beautiful foil printed covers. And then it'll be, like, yours to buy for nineteen ninety nine, And as you follow along with the podcast, you can make notes going, oh, wow, listen to that. Do you want to know how many we're going to sell? Of the podcast? No. You have these, like, products that the we're products, talking about? What, ten? One. One. <laughs> We're going to sell one. No. No. (laughs) Me and us and our five followers, we're going to each buy one. I don't think our followers are going to buy them. Okay. Well, I'm going to strong arm your brother and sister. Okay. Maybe we can bully them into buying it. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, your best friend. Yeah. My friends will buy it. Yeah. There we go. See? So it'll be at least five or six. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. uh, Now that we've talked about life updates, shall we dive in? Yeah. We should dive in. So... Uh, we are on part four, and um, clearly the uh, the hundredth has gotten more experienced to the point where now replacements are joining the hundredth. Yeah. And uh, coincidentally, they're also celebrating the twenty fifth mission. Fifth mission for one of the crews. Uh, yeah, a major named Die. Major mm-hmm. Die. Is it his whole crew, or is it just him? I think it's his whole crew. Yeah. Okay. Because they stick together, they fly every mission together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, the rule is once you've completed 25 missions, then they ship you home and you're celebrated. And so uh, he, he gets back safely and, and uh, you know, the big celebration. But, you know, at the same time, they've got these new crew members coming in. And, uh, you know, they're kind of the new the new people are, are like anxious to start fighting the war. You can see that enthusiasm and uh, you can see that kind of look of, of I wouldn't say pity. What do you say? Was it's it almost like... It's not pity. I agree. Um, it's almost, it's like when you know that someone's going to go through something, but they don't know it yet. Yeah. What, how would you describe that? It's, um, it's, you know, it'd be like watching somebody like a, as your senior in college, you know, mm-hmm. meeting a freshman, you know, at freshman orientation and they're all excited like, Oh, I'm going to love this. I'm going to love the dorm room. I can't believe how good the food is. And you're just looking you're like, like, yeah, yeah, in six months, you're really going to hate that cafeteria. <laughs> yeah, right. And right. it's like that knowing look. Yeah. Obviously with a lot more loss. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the person that I think is super complex in, in this series right now has to be uh, Buck. Mm. Um, and you know, Major Gale, and I think, 
you know, there's a lot that's going on. You know, he's obviously, you know, got a lot going on. He's thinking about these missions and stuff, but um, he doesn't say very much. He doesn't say very much at all. Yeah, he's um, very quiet. But you can see more on the face of Bucky. Who's his, Bucky's very expressive. His, his very good friend who's got, you, you can, I mean, he goes off on a three-day leave to, to London, and you can just see he is torn up about, you know, the casualties on the mm-hmm. ground, the lives that he's that he's uh, affected by dropping all these bombs on Germany. You can just see it's it's really giving him pause. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, that's you know that's kind of a subtext of what's going on. And then we cut to Belgium. Yeah. And um, Quinn. Quinn is affecting his escape, and Quinn is not. You know, first of all, he's. Uh, which, so do you blame him for not going down with the ship? I don't blame him. You would have been the same way, like... Well, I mean, that's such a difficult choice, but how how can you blame someone for not trying to live? It's, like, literally human nature to survive. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. But, I mean, he is... You can see he is just torn up about it. Yeah. I mean, as much as we can rationalize, yeah. you did the right thing, He's he's, like... I, I can imagine, like, if, if it was me, I'd be, you know, that face of, of, the, see of that the guy. The, I would see that guy. Every time you close your eyes. Yeah, yeah, I would. It'd be horrible. Yeah. Um, baby, baby face. I think mm-hmm. was the, the guy he left behind. And, you know, to the point where, he, you know, he's meets another fellow um, person who's trying to escape out of Belgium who knows the crew. And, you know, he can't bring himself to, to tell the truth at first. Yeah. I was wondering if he was going to hide that forever. He ends up fessing up. Yeah. And uh, he was absolved of his guilt from his yeah. his friend. Yes. You know, basically he said, I don't blame you. I would have done the same thing. Yeah. that. But, you know, I, I just, um, that's a decision, you know, we can all kind of think about and say, oh, yeah, you did the right thing, not the right thing. But... It's one of those things, I'm sure that, you know, when it comes down, you know, to an actual incident like that, like. Well, that's going to be something he struggles with forever. Yeah, yeah. If not struggle with, he'll always think about it. Yes. And then as it turns out, you know, he's still very, he's still very anxious because he. He's struggling. I think it's because he's really young. Yeah. Like he looks like one of the youngest people. Yeah. And he freaks out on the train and he almost puts everyone in danger. Yeah. Um, he made a mistake of keeping the goodbye letter yeah. from the family in Belgium, the the girl from the family in Belgium yeah. who was safe harboring him. Yeah. Like he's just making mistakes left and right. And I think it's, it's just showing how, yes, these are men and guys trained by the U S military, but at the end of the day, like some of them are just young kids. Right. And they're yeah. just making mistakes. Right. Right. So how was your French? <laughs> oh my gosh okay so for context uh i've taken french for a while i had a minor in college and i'm i have not used it probably in 10 years so i'm probably back to first grade french um and so they were speaking it and dad you also speak french i do speak french but not you know i'm not you're just better than me though i think you're better with languages but we mishu who is a new character and i really like her yes she starts speaking in belgian french um, and she's talking so fast and it's like, it's not Parisian French, yeah. you know, like it's not what you learn when you are like, okay, let me learn the French language. Yeah. Um, and it's so fast. And so we tried pausing it 
And I really tried hard to like understand what she was saying, and so did you. And eventually, we just pulled out Google Translate. Well, yeah, the, the best part was when your friends like sitting there. She's like, "Okay, I'm going to record it with Google Translate," and she's standing there anxiously in front of the TV with her phone. <laughs> and I look at her, I'm like, "You're blocking the remote." Because like, we had paused I, it. I'm like, I can't turn it. She's like, <laughs> and, it, and it translated what I was saying. Yeah. So all it popped up is, "You're blocking the TV." <laughs> So once we once we unblocked the sensor to the TV so that we could play and pause the show, we did use Google Translate. We didn't need to, but at that point, it was just a moment of pride, I think. Yeah, we just needed to understand what she was saying. Yes. Um, and it didn't matter because it was basically revealed like the yeah. next second. Yeah, exactly. But uh, that was humbling. Yeah, it I was. I think maybe I should like sign up for Duolingo again or something and brush <laughs> up on my French. <laughs> what do you think? I, You know, I just find like... I, I don't know if it's movies, but like when I'm in a foreign country, like when I when your mom and I went to Paris, yeah, I could understand a lot of what they're saying in in Paris. Yeah, I mean, not a hundred percent, but like okay. And I don't know if it's like, you know, it's a contextual thing where you're like expecting. It might be. Um, but you know, you're just listening. You're like, okay, I get all that, you know, and you can kind of hack away at you know at your responses, but. I find TV shows and movies, like when I watch them and they're speaking in French, I... I think it's because the speed is so much faster. Yeah. When I when it's in person, like when I've gone to France before, they know that I'm not French. And so they're uh. not speaking as fast. Um, and so it's easier to use those context clues and okay. like grasp on those words that you do know so that you can kind of piece together the sentence if you don't know every word. So I, I do agree. Like in person, it feels much easier to understand right. a language that's different versus when it's in a TV show. Yeah, especially when the only thing they're saying is cream or not cream. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh wait, let me think. American. We just use American. It's very easy to answer that question. That's right. <laughs> you Americans, you all like cream, so here we'll make it with cream. I do like cream in my coffee, so <laughs> I'll take that one. And by the way, this is a cafe. Don't sit here and wait forever. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> sorry, at- sorry to our French listeners if we're insulting our them. French listeners. We have two listeners. Well, we might have more. They, you know, one day, one day, one day, someone's gonna want to hear us bicker back and forth and be like, "Ah, wow, what a great father daughter combo!" <laughs> is that what's gonna happen? It is. Okay, it is. it's gonna be. Listen, they're gonna point to their daughter and go, "This is the conversation that we should have." As, you know, as a dad and daughter. Oh, wow. And then the daughter's going to go, Dad? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. she. I, I feel very closely with that girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, I want to talk about the look of the show again because I think you finally picked up on the blue. I did. I did. And, you know, once I, like the the scene in the, uh, the cafe where Bucky is... He's having... There's a bar. It's he's, a bar with the vodka? Yeah. Yeah. And he's... And, like, I could... It looked like, I was trying to think of, like, it looked like they use fluorescent lighting. That's what I'm saying. But it's not white light. No. Like, when it's fluorescent, it's white. Yeah. But it is distinctly blue. Yeah. Um, and I did find, like, I didn't notice it, like, all the time. But, yeah. like, I noticed it in the intro. Which yeah. Which we should spend, like, some oh time Oh, my back. gosh. We are going to set some time aside for that right after this. Yeah. And I noticed it in the intro, and then I noticed it again in that scene. I didn't notice it, like throughout the other scenes but that it was very strong it was 
It was Do you think you would have noticed it if we hadn't talked about it before? No, probably not. Okay. Well, maybe I would have eventually. Yeah, or it would have been like, oh, like, you know, that looks interesting or that looks different, but yeah. maybe not the specific part of it. Yeah, I think, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, um, I don't think I'm as attuned to those things as you are. Maybe it's because mm. of your, you know, your experience working with the media type Potentially. Thing. I think I've always been kind of sensitive to color, though. Okay. You know, like, I've always, like, color, I do... A, feel very strongly that certain colors make you feel more like specific emotions so and i really like i'm drawn to blues yeah so maybe that's why you have more of like that design flair i'm so skilled you're so skilled so (laughs) nothing brings joy to my heart more than getting into an argument with caroline about what type of woodworking style we're going to use in our cabinets and she's like i'm gonna do it this way i'm like oh that's just gonna look horrible no dad you don't know what you're talking about i'm gonna do it like this i know what i want yeah she does know what she wants even though it looks wrong it doesn't look wrong (laughs) what are you talking about it looks great wicker wicker yeah rattan oh wicker it looks beautiful rattan is just wicker with an r it's boho chic I have a good eye for design, and I know what I want, and I execute it. I, you know, I actually, I do think that it looks very nice. And everybody that's seen pictures or has looked on the inside they is They have great things to say. They do have great things to say. Side note, if you are going to build a van, you will hear this. Do not paint your cabinets white. You will want to. Paint your uppers white. Do not paint your lower cabinets white. <laughs> they get so dirty. And I have heard that probably so many times when I was researching what to do with the cabinets. But you still did it. And I still did it. And do you regret it? I do. <laughs> so what color would you paint it now? Maybe like a beige or like go with a green or something. Mm. You know, like a warmer or like a a less saturated, like muted tone of like something that you want to do. Yeah. Um, like, I'm going to be selling this van and building out a box truck. I'm going to do, like, either a greenish beige for the lower. Okay. And I'll probably, I'll probably still do white for the upper. We'll mm. see. Yeah. But um, I think it still looks nice. It looks nice once it's done. But the second your boot scuffs it or if you have a dog yeah. or, you know, you go to the desert or anything. It's like, especially winter, if you're doing winter camping at uh, all. It's just, it's a mess. So do you think... They should have painted the inside of the B-17 white. No. To make it look stylistically better. No. They should have had rattan over Those the machine. Those planes are barely making it back. Why are they going to waste money on paint? They should have used wicker to ma- mount the machine guns. Are you going on a tangent? No. I'm just merely asking. <laughs> You're asking silly questions. Okay, hang on. Back back to it. I We need to talk about the intro. Okay. I have felt this since the second I saw it. Hot take. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's like, um, I, it's like they gave it to the third assistant producer. Like, like here, take these random clips and like overlay them and like use the slowest music that you can find and just kind of like time it to that. Yeah. What? Like yeah. it's such a beautiful show and you're going to flop the intro. Yeah. And I, I mean, even just like the, it's, it's like something you would see, I don't know, it's just like, it's very, I don't know, it's just very immaturely done, I think. I I don't know. I feel like it's, yeah, like it's... Stereotypical, right? It's like old and stale, and it looks lazy. 
that's what I think yeah. is like why I don't like it because and I'm sure there's a lot of work that has gone into it but it looks lazy like it's just okay let's just drop some random clips in there you know and put music over it yeah so I'm I'm curious like with the high name high powered names that are associated with it Steven Spielberg and yeah. Tom Hanks and you know the other people that are extremely talented you know did they not look at the intro they had to have but I mean, do you think they said, "Oh, this is exactly the look we're going for"? I just, I just struggle with. Yeah. Like, and and I don't think we'll ever get an honest answer out of anybody because now it's out in production. You know, blah. And they're blah. in season. They're episode four. Yeah, but I mean, it. it it just I don't know. It's like. Um, like, and I don't think it's an Apple TV thing because no. Slow Horses had a great intro. I yeah. thought, like, that was very engaging yes and if you look at all these new shows coming out like you're currently watching uh death and other details yes that intro is phenomenally done only murders in the building that's a great intro like the i feel like the trend is to make really engaging intros and sometimes to lean more on graphics than actual like recorded clips right but for some reason like and maybe that's why it stands out so much because the rest of the content that's up right now that's kind of in a similar vein um of like the level of production that goes mm. into this show, it it's just so much better. Yeah. So do you think, I guess just if you were to like plan an intro on it, would you make it like shorter? I would either make it really short and simple. Like, but the first one I've noticed a lot of times the first episode, they'll do like the longer intro and then they'll just like shorten yeah. it after yeah, that. Yeah. So, cause a lot of people skip the intro once they've seen it once. I would make it shorter after the first episode, unless it's kind of like a masterpiece like Death and Other Details. Cause that one I really enjoy watching every time. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that I would necessarily rely on graphics for it, but I just something. Yeah. But, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, I would, I'm thinking one of the, one of my most favorite intros to a series is, it was um, the Bosch series. Oh, I, I haven't and, watched that show. You know, so the main character, the lead character is this detective and he has this love of classic jazz music. So the honest monk and, mm. and so you, they have this um, jazz music that's playing. And then it's very, very like um, visual. It's got like, it, it looks like something out of that 60s, 70 period. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just, it, it's visually very cool and um, it doesn't have a whole lot of like cuts where they're showing the actor. It's mostly just like these scenes from around LA at nighttime, and it, it's very cool. I just love it visually. Yeah. This one, it just seems it seems like it's let's pick the highlights of the all the episodes. It's like an afterthought. Yeah, and throw them in there. You know, fade in and out. Show you know these. And it's like yeah, hmm. like I feel like you could make that intro. Yeah. That's that's I you know and yeah, and I have no skill. You know what would have been a cool concept is if you had almost taken the view from like you are in the air, you are flying the plane, and so it's the ex- <clears throat> perspective of taking off. You're in the sky, and then it's almost like you're flying through different scenes. So you're flying into the briefing room. You're flying mm. into like the train car, and it's like the, giving you this feeling of flight in different scenarios yeah. that would have been a cool way to tie it in you could still kind of do that montage thing because you're showing different highlight scenes yeah. but just adding in that extra oomph yeah that would have been like i would have enjoyed watching that well and then furthermore um what's become really noticeable for me caroline noticed it i'm sure right from the beginning is the background that i'm sure is cgi generated but it looks like 
if you go to a, a Broadway play or a musical and you see the backdrop of like some scene with this beautifully painted sunset, you know, mm-hmm. sky and the clouds and everything, it, it just looks that that nice, but it, it you can just tell it's like artificial, like it's not something yeah. real. You know what though? I don't mind it. You don't I I found it very distracting. And you have read some online discussion about it, right? Yeah. What are people saying? Well, Talk about that. A lot of people are just saying that the CGI's been way overdone. Overall. I yeah, do you think that's intentional though? I don't I don't know. I mean I think I think they the the director and the producer were definitely trying to go for as much realism as possible. And I think they may have gone down a little bit of a rabbit hole. Mm, I have where, a thought, but finish you know, your thought where first. they're just like so into the detail. Let's let's make sure it's look realistic, and so the CGI department comes back and says, "Okay, you know, here's here's what it looks like." And they're like, "No, no, no! You need to make sure that you could actually see the threads on the bolts." And you know, what it's like. I I think that's kind of the trap they fell into. Okay, let me hit you with this one. I kind of disagree. I wonder if they want it to look theatrical. And because if you look how they're positioning the scenes, it's the same setting, like almost as if you're like pushing a set in and out of the theater for a play. Mm. And so I think they're leaning into it like that. That could be a possibility because a lot of it is in like the mess hall, for example. So that's like one. um, What is stage? stage setting or whatever it's called and then the other one is on the runway that's another stage setting and then you have the expansive sky that's another stage setting and so it feels almost like a theater it feels almost like a play and i wonder if they're kind of playing off of like the military term theater i don't think so you don't think so i mean maybe they weren't trying to get to that look but i don't think i don't mind it i think i think a lot of people don't like it i don't mind it yeah well, I mean, I think, I think if you notice scenery or background or things like that, it it should be as part of like the the artistic thing that brings that particular movie to a higher level of of artistry. So, like Dune, like you look out on those scenes in Dune, yeah. And I mean, I mean, if if you were to sit down with an artistic director and say, okay, I want you to do something cool with the desert. He'd be like, uh-huh, it's just sand <laughs> and cloudy sky. But they have transformed... Sunny sky. Either way. They have transformed that that background in Dune to be an But that's amazing- what I'm saying. Like, the people behind this TV show are very well-known names. They know what they're doing. That's why it feels intentional to me. I, I know, but I just think, like, I think they had... I, I bet there was like an argument between those two groups and the director finally going, this is the way I want it. I want it to look like this and you're going to give it to me. And they're, they're, they're like, oh, whatever. Okay, we're going to put uh, intern Joe over here on it. <laughs> here, go to it with your 8-bit light pen and they have fun. They didn't give it to intern Joe. They gave it to Associate Joe. Associate Joe. <laughs> Okay, in between getting us cups of coffee, can you go fill in? (laughs) No, I, okay, like I said, we've already talked about this. I like it. I I think there's a lot of critique on it, but I think it's intentional and I think it's different. Yeah. And it's definitely not realistic. It's like uh, exaggerated. But I think a lot of 
the stylistic choices in the show are exaggerated, like how they pull the blue and how mm. they pull the warm tones and then how they're like over exaggerating the CGI. You know, I, I just think it's part of it. What's the name of that manga series that Sander watches? One Piece? Yeah, it's not as bad as One Piece. You didn't like One Piece? I loved One Piece. Oh, you mean like the settings? Yeah. Yeah, but that's because it's manga. <laughs> gum a gum! Oh my gosh. <laughs> Okay. Talk about that when that second season comes out. There That'll be a come. good one. Um, I So I think uh, the story is getting a little bit more developed. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I kind of like what's going on in in the escape scene. But I'm a, I mean, it seems like they they jumped real quickly from um, where they were meeting with the person that was going to guide him all the way to Spain into the train and then. You mean it, Quinn and uh, yeah, whatever the and other ba- guy's Bailey, name is? Bailey. Quinn yeah. and Bailey. Quinn and Bailey. It seemed like they kind of just, boom, boom, went through that really quick. So I don't know if they cut some stuff out. Yeah. Um, and, or maybe it just wasn't that relevant. Maybe it wasn't that relevant. Yeah. Um, and then, I think you know, they at the, end of the, at the end of the episode, the big reveal. So on the 21st mission or 22nd mission, mm-hmm. uh, where they're going after Bremen again to go bomb the uh, submarine pens or pits or whatever which they got blown out of the water in the first episode they go back at it again this time and and you don't see what happened but um two of the planes at least several of the planes several i think they only brought back i think they lost eight planes yeah and then um but amongst the people who don't come back are buck yeah oh no yep which is uh glenn gail gail yeah clevins yeah is that his last name? Yeah. And then, we should know this by now. And then Nash. Yeah. Nash. Well, he, and he's new. Yeah. Well, okay, so here's the thing. What I noticed is the first three episodes, whenever they're experiencing loss, it's in the air. This hyper-focused on loss from the ground. Yeah. So you see the, the ground crew's reaction. You see the support staff's reaction. You're also seeing, like, people who are taken hostage or people who have to parachute out, like, with uh, Quinn and Bailey. Yeah. You're seeing their reaction as they're realizing that other people are lost. So it, it was a really big focus on a different type of loss. Yeah. Which was interesting. Yeah. But it's still, like, it's very slow. It is We're going to say that week by week, I think, but <laughs> I'm going to be honest. If we weren't talking about this for the podcast, I don't know if I'd keep watching it. Because <laughs> you have more fan fiction to read. I do. I do. <laughs> I'm in the middle of one right so, now. Okay. I have a thought. Wait, is it about the show? We can write our own fan fiction no. about the show. Absolutely. We There's nothing an, to write about. We can do an alternate ending. No. No. We're, the, we're Meatball. Becomes the star. We need to talk about Meatball. Okay. There was a scene in this episode that relates to probably every dog owner. Exactly. And that is when Buck, Glenn, picks up Meatball and dances with Meatball. Yes. And I was like, wow, the most realistic scene in the whole show. (laughs) (laughs) And you can see Meatball going, why am I here? Meatball, I think, grumbled on camera. Yeah. But Meatball was a good dog. Meatball is a great dog. Yeah. And, uh... I don't know. Just um, it was nice to see that bit that was actually real and could relate to, like Caroline, you know, like you said, to dog owners everywhere. Like, yeah, you want to dance with your dog. Yeah, you yeah. just want to snuggle your dog. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to talk about Mishu and Manon, who are okay. the two Belgian guides. Guides, basically. Yes. I thought that was cool to bring them in. I think 
this is a really fun way to bring in female characters yes. in a meaningful way. Yeah. And especially because they have so much, like, I won't say power, but they have so much control. They have so much, they were, like, they exert yes. authority, experience, leadership, They courage. were very autonomous. Like, they're yeah. working within the system that's been set up. But you can tell they're the ones who are point people. Like, they're not following orders. They're giving the orders. Right. Which was cool. And honestly, this is where, you know, I think we've seen this throughout history, but women have a really unique role to play in espionage yeah. and to play in, like, covert missions because yes. people don't assume that women are going to play those roles. I, I think, you know, uh, they're invisible just because of how society yeah. you know, views women. And so, like you said... They you use know, it to their advantage. Yeah, they do. And, you know, oppose that to the infiltrator that was trying to sneak. That was yeah. like... Yeah. That was wild. I knew... So when they sat them down in the office, I wasn't sure it was going to happen. And they started asking them questions. And it made it very clear that they were trying to suss out if they were real Americans or fake Americans. What do you and think it was that tipped them? I, I'm dying to know. I, I'll tell you what I think it was. Okay. I don't know because I... um. I was getting Bob and Bailey confused. Like, Quinn is very easy for me to recognize, but Bailey, who is Quinn's friend, and Bob, who was the newcomer from the other supposed unit, um, I was having a hard time distinguishing between the two. So, so I want to know what you think. Okay, so I think the two questions that are very telling are Babe Ruth. Mm. So at that time, every every America knows something about Babe Ruth and probably the infiltrator knew something about Babe Ruth too. Do you think they asked them all the same questions? I do. Okay. But I think the the one that tipped them off was can you sing the national anthem? What's the national anthem and can you sing it? So like if you were to ask us, yeah, we could probably sing through it but we'd be like maybe <laughs> Sorry. Maybe like Interruption from the pup. Yeah. At some point, you know, maybe we'd be like, um, like you like get struggling, up. right? Like I would maybe mess up a, a few word. words or two, like or something. Like I noticed Quinn messed up a word. Yeah, and so they were talking about it, whereas the infiltrator probably had it drilled in him. I was wondering if so, it was too perfect, yeah, and that's how they I knew. I think that's what it was. Yeah, and instead of saying like uh, with with the Babe Ruth question, which was a trick question, he probably just like gave an answer like, "Well, that's wrong. He does this." Whereas the other guy had more of an emotional response, and you could tell it was because he had very personal knowledge of baseball in America. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then, <laughs> oh my gosh, like. <laughs> So, <laughs> oh, wait, hang on. We need to pause again for another noise interruption. Once again, we're in the basement podcast studio, if that's what you can call it, with the blankets hanging from the ceiling and the two random living room chairs that we've set up. Uh, and dogs are just kind of running around because they got the zoomies. So bear with us. Okay, so go on, Dad. <laughs> Sorry, I've got it's like this random dog head just suddenly pops up, you know, <laughs> in, in my lap. Okay, so... um. The Babe Ruth question. Yeah, so the Babe Ruth question, and I, I think it was a national anthem. That I mean, if it were me, yeah, I would have, you know, if you've done several of these or, you know, you've listened, you've probably got this, like, understanding that, yeah. you know, that they can sing the national anthem, they can hum the national anthem, but maybe, like, they're, like, some of the words, or they may skip a verse or something, or shoot. Yeah. I mean, at one point, one of them trailed off and just started humming it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, they're probably nervous, so you would yeah. expect that's a normal reaction. Whereas if you burst right out fully confident, you know, I'm going to sing this, it's probably a Well, tip. and asking about a landmark in London yeah. was interesting because they probably know that not everyone can get the time extended enough to go to a trip to London. Yeah. 
And I'm sure that was also one way to test because if you're memorizing landmarks, you know, like people who are coming and fighting and risking their lives every day probably don't have time to memorize landmarks like that. Right. right. Whereas a spy would. So I thought the other thing was really kind of interesting, and I don't know if you caught this, was after they killed the infiltrator, um, I don't know if it was Bailey or Quinn asked the, the guy who shot him, he says, you know, what if you're wrong? And the guy responds, I'm never wrong or yeah. we're never wrong. And so you can think about that, like, well, you know, he's, you know, how do you know he never made a mistake? And the more I thought about it, the more I'm thinking he's saying, um, I'm doing what's right to keep me safe. Mm. And so whatever I do, even if I kill people who are Americans, it's never wrong. It's like he was, Quinn was essentially asking if you're correct. Yeah. And he was saying, this is the right thing to do. Yeah. 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 I think. Really, that was that conversation. I mean, especially in a time of war, that's it's survival. Yeah, I mean, um, God bless those people who took it upon themselves, risked their lives and their families. Why do you think they did that? Like, you know, who, why? Why are those networks set up? I, it, what I've read is that um, they just feel so, you know, personally affected. Maybe a family member, or maybe they've witnessed something that just says, regardless of the cost to me. They're willing to take that. We're willing to take it to defeat this. To That's so brave. It is so brave. Yeah. Because, I mean, they are putting themselves and their entire family at great risk yeah. by helping soldiers who are stranded there. Yeah. And I, I mean, I know that some people are like, they're like that. They just put the, you know, others before themselves. But still, it's, you know, to actually kind of see them talk about it and to understand, like, it really brings it real. You can read about it. But to, you know, actually kind of see that and put yourself in their place, it's like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would definitely be the guy hiding in the corner not saying anything. I think I really enjoyed them developing that part of the story. I do, too. I uh, do too. And I think it moved faster. Not that they rushed through it, but it felt more fluid. It felt yeah. uh, more, you know, engaging. And I think it's because you're just getting a different perspective. Yeah, agreed. So, yeah. I think, All right. Any final thoughts? Well, I know that, um, you know, we're probably going to continue seeing, you know, this story about the escape. And then now, obviously, we've got Buck and hopefully he's alive. Yeah. Do you think I don't think because, OK, so the Kroz, the narrator and also the navigator. Yeah. Was on his plane. Yeah. So it's it's unlike they had to have survived. Yeah. And we see, we also see in the like sneak peek for next episode that Bucky is starting to spiral a little bit. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see how, how he's dealing with everything. Yeah, he's definitely. I mean, they they, they kind of were insinuating at some point that, um, the major was starting to get like war happy, like mm-hmm. you know, just like I, I want to go out and get another battle and another battle and another battle, you know, just yeah, like the adrenaline rush type of thing, and so you can kind of see like. Bucky's starting to turn that rage into like, you know, he's like maybe on like almost a suicide mission. Yeah, it's an unhealthy outlet. Yeah. So we'll see what that turns into. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, I think that's it for this episode of Fighting for the Remote. Yep. And next episode, we will be talking about episode five of Masters of the Air, not Masters of the Sky. More about the blue and the CGI and whether or not our, our... Comprehension of French has improved. It hasn't. Okay. Yeah, maybe we should take some lessons between now and then. So if any of you would like to come and dog sit while we're recording the podcast, (laughs) 
please let us know. <laughs> and uh, and also, if you've got a recommendation, because, you know, we're going to start coming up on our next series now. So let us know what you think we Wait, but do. Dad, no one has any way to get in touch with us. Okay, well. You, I guess you could leave it in a review. Okay. Well, you know what? We'll, we'll have to do something about that. We'll get an email out there. For yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.